Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. And welcome to our Season 4 Summit. If you're joining us for the first time, our Summit episodes succinctly summarize our season through four different lenses. Visitorship, environment, history, and hiking trails. Our first of the four summits is on visitorship. The crowds, accessibility, proximity to civilization. Why people come to these parks, what's there, what everyone seems to be itching to see, and some of the hidden gems off the beaten path. All of the things you'll see when visiting. Speaking of visiting... Did your parents use this term when you were small? Or people around you like, oh, so-and-so's coming over to visit? Yeah, or we're going to go visit grandma. Yeah, something like that. But I feel like in the South, people use this phrase all the time, like, oh, yeah, come over and visit. Or can you can you stay and visit? Yeah, that seems like an odd usage for me. Yeah. Can you stay and visit? Yeah, are you going to stay and visit? That just means yeah. you're going to like sit and hang out and talk. Yeah, yeah, Probably, yeah. you know, talk some some gossip, if, <laughs> if you will. So but. there's like um, additional connotation there. Oh, the definitely. Word. No, I feel like we're going to visit it was more of like an an action as opposed to like, well, obviously visiting is an action word, (laughs) but like it was more of like, it's a point A to point B, not a like point A to point B and then just, you know, like Uh sit and settle. It was like, we're doing this thing and then we're going to come back. Oh, yeah. We're going to go visit grandma. We're going to go visit the zoo. We're going to go visit, you know, X, Y, Z. I feel like in the South, visit means like you're going to come sit for a period of time and who, however long it is until Mm. you both decide you're done mm-hmm. so it's like what you would say is like hang we're gonna go hang. yeah we're gonna go hang yeah. yeah but i feel like visit means you're gonna come to my house mm. you don't go meet somebody at the mall to visit no why no. would you you wouldn't visit at the mall you're no, meeting you'd hang them. at the mall this is all like um right hitting my uh my language button right yeah we also need to talk about the term visitation now like i <laughs> from the holy spirit the holy spirit well <laughs> Um, visitation. Mm-hmm. I I have refrained from talking about this since you have arrived at my apartment today because I was like, I'm going to wait until the microphones have come on. Oh. But I feel like I'm being visited by ravens. Oh, 
mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, because you're the goblin, okay? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> totally unexpectedly, at least two ravens have shown up at my building. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, one of them sat on the sill, not the sill, but like on the uh, power line right across from the sill oh, and okay. just squawked right at me. Yeah. Or like croaked right at me. And it was mm-hmm. like, it's trying to tell me something. But it's, I feel like I it was a visitation, mm-hmm. literally. It's, it's, it's your handsome prince <laughs> transformed <laughs> by a witch. And well, if you'd only let right. them into your apartment. Then, yeah. One maybe. day I'm just going to come over and it's going to be like Birdman in here. <laughs> I mean, birds will like, be everywhere. Yeah, right? you're going to exactly. be that person. Like with parakeets flying around. Living now, life with now, ravens. I have to say this: I have no interest in having birds as pets. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Just visitors. Just visitations. That's right. I was like, wow, maybe they knew you were coming mm. because you are Maleficent, the Dark it's Lord. True. It could also be thought and memory. Odin's ravens. It, right, right. Which are names like Hugen and Munin. I, I found this out this week. Is it Hugen? I thought it was Human and Thuman. No, it's Hugen. Like Thuman's mayonnaise. No. <laughs> no, it's Hugen and Munin. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Thought and memory. Yeah, one memory means thought and yeah. one means memory. And they would go out every morning mm-hmm. and they would visit. They would visit people. <laughs> and then they would come back and tell Odin and then they gossip. They'd and then they'd gossip say, a spell. Listen, this happened. But there's literally, like, ravens are, in, like, the best mimics mm-hmm. in the bird community. Mm-hmm. And so they can recreate millions of sounds. Mm-hmm. So like they can recreate, like if you hear a dog bark, then a raven can recreate mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like this raven that I got a video of the other day, I was like, it sounds like it's recreating the sound of like metal on metal. Mm. I don't know where it would have come from. This is also just a slide into Dusty's separate podcast on birding. Right, <laughs> which hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> right. But yes, I have definitely looked into the world of like, what does it mean when a raven visits you? Mm -hmm. Let's start by looking at the overall numbers for 2021. Okay, so we're going to do this in a series of games. Mike, are you ready? I mean, I'm always ready. (laughs) Great. For games. Great. Let's start with the total amount of visitors to all MPS units. Okay, now there are officially 423 MPS sites. However, only 388 report recreational visits. Mm -hmm. So of those 388, how many recreational visits do you think the MPS saw in 2021? A recreational visit means like one person can visit multiple times. Sure. They're not tracking it by people. Right. They're tracking it by visits. Mm -hmm. Visits, Um, visiting. I'm going to say 5.5 million is my guess. 5.5 million to all NPS sites in 2021. The answer is it was 297,115,406 okay. so <laughs> visits. Okay, now my next question for you is do you think this was the busiest year yet no. as far as no. visits? No. I no? think it was maybe in I think it was was it 2018 or 2016 when the 100th anniversary was? I think it was that year. Is going to be my guess? The answer is no. The busiest year was 2016 with 330,971,000. Yeah, that seems about right. I remember doing that research at some point. Okay. Based on what you know, what do you think are the top five most visited national park units in 2021? And this is of all 433. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so 423. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the Blue Ridge Parkway, the Presidio in San Francisco. I'm going to say probably Yellowstone is somewhere on that list. Great Smoky Mountains is somewhere on that list. And the Boston Harbor Islands. Okay, let's see what they are. Okay, so number one is the Blue Ridge Parkway with 15.9 million Mm -hmm. visits. Uh, Great Smokies is number two with Mm -hmm. 14.1. Third is Golden Gate National Recreation Mm -hmm. Area with 13.7. Presidio. Fourth is Gateway National Recreation Area. I always forget about her. I know. She's right here. One that we have. Mm -hmm. Part of. Right over here. With 9 million visits. And then number five is uh, Lake Mead. Better get there quick because there's not going to be much water left. I know. Girls, it's an issue. Okay. Not great. So let's talk about most visited national parks. Great. Can you name the top 10? Like of our big 63. Of the big 63. So I'm going to say that... We already know number one. Yeah, Great Smokies. Mm -hmm. Um, So Great Smokies, Yellowstone, Shenandoah, Acadia... Yosemite, Joshua Tree, New River Gorge, I'm going to throw on there, Everglades, Big Bend, and Olympic. Okay, well, let's see. Number one. Those are my guesses. As we know, is Great Smokies. Mm -hmm. Number two, Zion. Oh, I forgot Lady Zion. I know. I know. Number three, Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Number four was Grand Canyon. Also another forgotten princess. (laughs) Number five was Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Number six was Acadia. Uh-huh. Number seven was Grand Teton. Okay. Number eight that. was Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Number nine was Indiana Dunes. There you go. Get a girl. Right? Yeah. And number 10 was Glacier. There we go. All parks we've been to. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So here is my next question for you. I'm going to ask you to pull a number out of the air and guess how many people visited the three parks that we hiked during this season. And then I want you to answer the question, do you think 2021 was the busiest year for visitation for this park? So I need, to, I need to give you a number for each individual unit or a number for all three together? Each individual unit. Ah. I want you to tell me what you think the number was for Yellowstone uh-huh. and then if it was the busiest year mm. this year. Let's start with that. Um, I'm going to say... 40 million people for Yellowstone. Okay, well, I want to re... I just want to say the following. Um, Great Smoky Mountains was the most visited, and it had 14.1 million. So then I will adjust that order. (laughs) Okay, so maybe you want to adjust that. (laughs) Then I will say that it was 12 million for Yellowstone. And do you think it was the busiest year? Yes. Let's see. The answer is 4.8 million way off and yes it was the busiest year the second busiest year for yellowstone was 2016 with Mm -hmm. 4.2 million Mm -hmm. okay great let's talk about grand tetons i'm gonna say 4.2 million okay and do you think it was the busiest yes okay let's see the answer is 3.8 million see i knew it would be less than even though it's so close guys yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny how those numbers are so different. Yeah. But it's what? Um, almost a million off? Almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, a million yeah. off. Wow. Yeah. So, correct. It was uh, the busiest year. And mm-hmm. the second busiest year was 2018 with 3.4 million. Okay. Okay. And finally, Glacier. I'm going to say Glacier was at 
remember that Yellowstone was Above higher Glacier. and Grand Teton yeah, would yeah, 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 higher yeah, on yeah, the top yeah, 10 I, list. I do have a memory. I've got right. Hoogan or Thuman here <laughs> helping me out. Moonen. Moonen. I'm going to say... That, I think you're thinking Winken and Blinken no. and not one No. Right. Um, I'm going to say that it was 3 million and even three at Glacier. And was it the busiest here? Yes, absolutely. Let's see. The answer is it was, it was 3 million right on the money. Three million and eighty-one thousand, and you know, oh. it was not the busiest year. The busiest year was twenty seventeen so far with three point three million. Mm. Well, the road was paved this year, so that was good. It's true. It is true. For Yellowstone, July of twenty twenty-one, the month we visited was the busiest month on record, achieving for the first time over a million visitors in a single month. That tracks. <laughs> can you believe that? I mean, there I were can. a ton of people oh, in yeah. Yellowstone mm-hmm. when we were there. In Grand Tetons, trail use also increased in the summer of 2021 by about 29% compared to 2019 and is up by 49% since 2017. And as we mentioned above, Glacier National Park had its second busiest year to date. For this episode, we're going to break down each park by the visitor centers, the popular features, some accessible options, a don't miss, and a something to do if you have a little extra time. Let's start with Glacier National Park and the visitor centers. Glacier National Park features three main visitor centers, including Apgar Visitor Center near the west entrance, St. Mary Visitor Center near the east entrance, and Logan Pass Visitor Center located sort of at the halfway point, but not really on going to the Sun Road. Okay, let's talk about these, I say in quotes, mm-hmm. visitor centers. Yeah. Because they didn't really feel like visitor centers. They aren't really visitor centers. They There's- are a place you can go to, then go to a restroom that has... Uh, plumbing right and there are park rangers there right not at logan there were park rangers that park at logan pass they were standing on the edge of the uh parking lot uh yes but not at the visitor so you didn't have to climb all the way up there to talk to him and we didn't really even though we were so close to saint mary you tried to run in but we were going to go and then we never ended up going No, no no But what we found at Apgar Visitor Center and Logan Pass Visitor Center is that there was only really a gift shop. Mm -hmm. There was nothing interpretive about anything in these visitor centers. Mm -hmm. So there's no museum exhibition. There's nothing really to learn. No, it felt like a very big missed opportunity, considering that there were three visitor centers. And like, I'm not one for... You know, necessarily having to hit a visitor center and, you know, do the interpretive exhibit, but they are nice. And I do, you know, acquiesce to Dusty and my own curiosity when we're there. And it really felt like Glacier, like, missed the mark when it came to this opportunity. We had a conversation with Becky Lomax when we were there about it. And I guess it's something that's sort of been in the pipeline for a while. It just never has sort of manifested. And I think they were trying to figure out where they would actually put it. Yeah. 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 So it does feel like if you want some merch, you're definitely sat in Glacier, but it's true. There's no sort of interpretive center there. No. Yeah. Another place of interest to see in Glacier National Park is the Many Glacier Lodge. That's true. And we were able to do that, which is great. Yeah. So it's this big lodge. People stay there. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I'd say upscale. Certainly. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not primitive. But no, all. No, 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 no. It's like Upscale, it costs hundreds yeah. of dollars yeah. a night to stay there. Yeah. It looks very much like a lodge. It's right. got, you know, lots of the log cabin vibe to it. Sure. But also sort of, you like know. Like Swiss Alpy kind of cabiny vibe. Yes. Yeah. That kind of thing going yeah. on. And I think it's worth seeing. 
Oh, it's definitely worth seeing. And it, they have great leather couches if you just need to crash after <laughs> a few very long days. It was such a great place in, to go to just um, yeah. close your eyes for a little bit. It's true. And they have a, like a wraparound deck so you can sit and overlook the lake if you're able to find a seat outside. And you honestly don't have to stay in order to enjoy the amenities of the lobby area, which was very nice considering we really needed that um, break and that provided the perfect opportunity for us. If you're going to head to the Many Glacier Lodge, though, Many Glacier um, recently had, as of 2021, a lot of road work construction. And as we are to understand from Becky, most of the construction is complete. There is still a pretty decent sized section of rough road because they're waiting to see how the roadway that's in place settles before they continue to pave more. So just something to expect on your drive out that might change in a few years. But as of 2022, that is what the situation is. Now let's talk about some of the features in Glacier National Park that people travel from all over the world to see and that makes it one of the most visited parks. First, the landscape. Okay, so I feel like this landscape you don't really get in any other national park. No. Because it is sweeping, giant, enormous views, peaks all over the place. There's tons of trails where you're just like in the view. Yeah. You know? The closest I feel like I would equate, and it's hard for me to say that because we didn't spend as much time in the Estes Park section of the park as we did in the Grand Lake side, would probably be Rocky Mountain. That's where I feel like it sort of has the same sort of sweeping kind of energy. And it is part of the Rocky Mountain system. Right, exactly. So it's there's, you know, some family, familiar landforming going on there. Also, with the construction starting in 1921 and the completion happening in 1933, going to the Sun Road is the major thoroughfare. And this traverses the majority of Glacier National Park. Right. It doesn't go everywhere, but if you want to see like the main artery of the park, it's going to get you to be able to see things at an incredible height, um, much to the chagrin of people who are afraid of heights and don't want to drive on a very narrow, windy road with guardrails on one side and sheer cliff face on the other. Um, Which is what it is. (laughs) Which is what it is. Disclaimer. It is true. You will hear us talk about it all through our Glacier episodes that Mike drove the entire time on that road. Mm -hmm. And drove very well, surprisingly. Yeah, see, it was nice until you said surprisingly (laughs) at the end. But that's okay. There'll be a jab or two later for you. You you drove very, very well. That's right. Mm -hmm. But um, I really enjoyed going to the Sun Road. I wish that I had, this isn't a dig, but I wish that I had had the experience as a passenger at at least, well, I sort of did. No, I didn't. Never mind. (laughs) Um, I wish I had sort of had the ability to just sort of take it all in rather than being able to take it in, but also being very hyper-focused on the roadway. Yeah. Yeah. In order to do that, we had to pull off onto a pull-off in order to get out so you could take a look. Yeah. 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 But it is incredible and it's something like you'll never see before. Having been on the Blue Ridge Parkway, having been on whatever the, that road was that, in Rocky Mountain. I know. I know it's got a, a name and I can never remember no. the name of it. Me but either. like having done that and knowing that there are roads that traverse through and parks. And even Teton Pass. Yep. And even was. Teton Pass. It's an engineering marvel. For sure. Truly, mm-hmm. it is. And worth seeing, mm-hmm. despite the fear. For more info about going to the Sun Road, be sure to check out our Trail Mix episode from this season on going to the Sun Road. Another major feature that is often photographed and shared on social media is Lake McDonald. Okay, so let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. So we got to hang out at Lake McDonald. 
Yeah, we got to swim in Lake McDonald's. And it was so much fun. Yeah. It was like pretty, like the water wasn't too chilly, like up at the top. Mm-mm. But I felt like when my whole body was submerged, like my feet were freezing. Yeah. Like yeah. down like five or six yeah. feet down there, it was colder. Yeah. It's got a like pretty incredible drop off too, because we were able to like borrow loose goggles oh, and take right. a look and, and they see were... how like the color changed in yeah. the like sediment on the floor of the lake and then how it just dropped the lake is something like 10 miles long and a mile wide it's crazy something like that yeah and uh this is the pictures that everybody posts of like the fruity pebble rocks the fruity pebble rocks the colorful rocks we didn't actually find that spot i'm sure we no. could have found that spot yeah but like I did find that like the rocks near where we were floating were also quite colorful. Yes, yes. And leaving from Logan Pass, there is also the famous trail, the High Line. So the High Line is sort of the trail to do. It's a lot of the reason, you know, it's a major kind of box to check for hikers in Glacier National Park. If you're doing a there and back, it's about 15, 16 miles. It's honestly one of the most incredible trails I think either of us have ever hiked. Easily, easily worth it. You know, the views, the challenge of it, um, just the whole experience is really something very magical. Um, And the scariest part is often said to be the garden wall and it really wasn't that bad and I can't stand heights or ledges, really, and I found it to be fine. Yeah. The one thing also that's optional to do is to hike up the Grinnell Glacier Overlook, which is a lot of pain. A lot of pain. But you'll hear more about that in our hiking um, episode, in our summit hiking episode. You can hike the whole high line from one part of going to the Sun Road to another. You would just basically hike down to the loop. But once you leave past the chalet, which is past the turnoff for the Grinnell Glacier Overlook, it is a pretty, from what was described to us, a pretty strenuous downhill that is very exposed and not to really be done in the sun. Um, something we skipped something we skipped and to hear all about hiking the Highline Trail be sure to listen to episodes 75 and 76 another major feature that attracts visitors is the namesake of the park and that's the glaciers Glacier National Park is home to 25 glaciers they often look like snowfields so be sure to do the research and look into what you're looking at One of the more popular hikes to see a glacier is the Grinnell Glacier Trail in the Many Glacier area. So we did this trail and it does lead from the Many Glacier area. From Uh, the lodge. From the lodge. We have a whole episode about it. That's episode 77. There is a view that you get of this gorgeous lake and this peak with Grinnell Glacier over to the right that you, that's this trail is where you get that Mm -hmm. view from. And that view is shared whenever there's like a, you know, sort of collection of photographs that are like America's national parks. Yeah. That one is always very there. often shared. Yeah, very often there, and so that's where you get that yeah. that photo opportunity, yeah. and that's where you get to see that yeah. gorgeous view. Yeah, and something to kind of consider for any of the trails in Glacier, um, especially Glacier National Park, is potential for closure. Whether that closure be because of snow um, or bears, um, and that's something that we ran into more than a few times even on this trail where we couldn't really get as close to Grinnell Glacier as we were hoping because the trail was closed because of a snowfield. For disabled visitors and hikers, driving going to the Sun Road will provide you all of the sweeping views that the park is known for, especially with the pull-offs. But we do want to mention the Trail of the Cedars. This is a recently completed one-mile boardwalk loop at the base of the Avalanche Lake Trail. 
Parking is tricky, but this is a fantastic trail. The Highline Trail is also fairly accessible. While not properly wheelchair accessible, it doesn't require stairs to access the beginning of the trail, and many hikers will go out as far as they want to and then come back. For our first Don't Miss uh, at Glacier National Park, don't miss the two medicine section. It is in the southeast region and not off of going to the Sun Road, but it is well worth the trip. Great views, great trails, and the landscape is a little different than what you'll get on the major thoroughfare of Glacier National Park. Exactly. And finally, if you have a little extra time, we highly recommend hiking Sayi Pass. This is a very epic hike that we were very fortunate to have been able to do. The version of it that we did did require two cars Mm -hmm. or a point to point or some way of like getting from one spot to the other at the end of the trail. But this was probably my favorite hike we've ever done. Yeah, it was it was incredible in a lot of different ways. And Dusty is right. It does require a point to point, whether it's two cars or a car and check and see if the um, the trams are running within the park, because there are tram stops nearer to where you would need to start and stop the trail. This gives you so many different landscapes and just an amazing appreciation for what, you know, the inner landscape of the park is like, because you are really going into and over this kind of range, which is really incredible. And you may even get to see Sexton Glacier while you're on the trail. That's right. You can hear all about our experience hiking this epic trail in episodes 79, 80 and 81, because it took us three episodes to Mm -hmm. hike that trail. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Mini game. Mini game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like this this queen. Well, this uh, um, automatically is a like a memory for me of Mario Party. So like a mini game. Like she is. Yeah. She's a Mario Party queen. <laughs> you think she's a Mario Party? <laughs> no, she's not. But I do feel like, you know. She's a carnival queen. She knows how to operate all of the oh. all of the um, games. She's like, it's this many darts for this much money. You want to like take the sledgehammer and try to launch the frog into the lily pad. Here's how you do it. She like has everything down pat. She's got the plinko wheel. Got it. Whatever. She's, I want to take. She's this a game queen and go to the dark place. <laughs> okay. It's usually my and job. And I think she's a little bit of like she's so she's that person at the carnival mm-hmm. but she's like dark carny as well and like i think her makeup is very terrifying oh. and like just sort of like busted <laughs> and a little bit like um with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth wow Looks, does she have a little top hat on though she's got a little top right she's the <laughs> host skew. of all the mini games she, it's a skew right host of all the mini games looks great but is like also smoking cigarettes and oh. is like Step right up. I'm going to get you. You want to get the ball today? (laughs) You know, like that's who I think Minigame is. I do feel like her backup dancers are dressed like um, the carnival prizes, like the stuffed animals. (laughs) 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 And I I think the song she lip syncs is Voulez-vous. Oh, I love that. I it's like that. happening. It's, it's happening perfect. in my head and I want her to oh, be I think a that queen works. come to life. Totally, totally. I think she might have like a whole number where she is the claw in the claw machine oh. and she's like, I don't know. I think her dress does that. Her dress, her is, dress the claw. is the claw uh-huh. in the claw machine. And then it somehow transforms her. Like the claw flips up. Ah, and, and transforms become, her to what? Transforms her, I don't know. <laughs> what does she transform into? I don't know. It's a great question. Oh. 
Maybe like maybe a, the animal that she's trying to claw up. Okay, maybe so. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Yeah. All right. I think there's a. I do a nice feel like yeah, there. definitely opportunity for reveal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Reveal. I feel like she's got other dresses that are you know like references to different games you sure. play at carnivals. Yeah. Like there's the one where you like try to throw the ball at the like tower of yeah, 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 uh, yeah. jugs or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the then milk, there's milk there's, bottles. The there's the one, one that's the, like the clown's face and you have to spray water into it and a big balloon exactly comes up behind that her. one. <laughs> and she lifts off the ground. That's that. There's spectacle here. There's spectacle. Yeah. Mini game has got it going on. Mm-hmm. So ladies and gentle thems, please welcome to the stage mini game. Yellowstone is huge, and the park is laid out like a giant number eight, with roads that come in from the sides like rays of the sun. Each time two roads intersect, it creates a junction where there is usually a visitor center or some type of civilization. Since Yellowstone was the first national park and an extremely popular park, there are many buildings beyond just visitor centers, including upscale lodges, restaurants, retail stores, grocery stores, gas stations, etc. But let's specifically look at the intersections where we spent some time. First, let's start with the Mammoth Hot Springs area. We did go into the museum and gift shop here in the visitor center. This was a two-level interpretive museum with a small park gift shop attached where we got our patches and some tote bags that supported the park. I also got a t-shirt that was in support of, I believe it was trout for my brother. Yes. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. In Yellowstone, there are official park stores. And then there are vendor retail stores that feature park merchandise that have been contracted to be in the park and to be sold in the park. We are still fans of official park stores because all of the money that you spend goes right back to the park. Yeah. And I do think the merchandise is a little different in both spaces. Yeah. Um, because so, yeah. like in the official park store, you were able to get that t-shirt. Yeah, that was really a limited run awesome. for a very special project. Yeah. We both got the tote bags for from the, the same project. Yeah, yeah. And so like those are really cool and special. And it's different than just buying a t-shirt that says Yellowstone on it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like the majority. Like a college shirt. Like a college shirt that's a little muted in color. And like maybe it's a little like it's, you know, like a muted orange and Yellowstone is written in like muted yellow. Sure. On a curve. (laughs) On a curve. Right. Right, Exactly. Across your chest. That's what you're getting at the retail stores. Yeah. And some people want that, and that's fine. Yeah. You can get all of that stuff in West Yellowstone at all the souvenir stores mm-hmm. that Mike loved. Those were his favorite part of visiting this park yep. entirely was going to the souvenir stores in yep. West Yellowstone. You've got me. You've got my number. Just love souvenir shopping. Yep. Mm-hmm. We also visited the Tower Roosevelt area, though we didn't actually go into the Roosevelt Lodge. And we quickly ran into the Madison Information Station and Bookstore. There's also a small visitor center store at Norris Geyser Basin. It was closed when we passed because it was so early. And then there was the Old Faithful section. Do go listen to episode 65 to hear all about Mike's impatience waiting for Old Faithful to erupt. This area has some major civilization, including multiple upscale lodges, a grocery store, and a restaurant. Yeah, this area felt very, um, like I felt like it's a small world after all. Should have been pumping through the speakers outside. It did feel that way. It It felt very, like, touristy. It did. It felt like it was, this is attraction, and it was a very strange feel for a national park to have it be 
it felt very commercialized capitalism. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, once you got away and you walked the boardwalk of the Upper Geyser Basin, it felt less so like that. But right around yes. Old Faithful, it's it's very commercial. You'll understand if you get a chance to head out there. It's true. And I do feel like there's a lot of Disney World that was made, like shaped off of In the what we of saw mm-hmm. from Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. The majority of the interpretive information in Yellowstone is found outside on the boardwalks. So we encourage you to not let the intersections of the map become your destination. Let the natural features guide your exploration. The natural features that attract visitors in Yellowstone is most certainly the Old Faithful Geyser, Grand Prismatic Spring, and then also Lamar Valley because of the buffalo. This makes a lot of sense because Old Faithful and Grand Prismatic Springs are iconic. And Lamar Valley is a great spot to see hundreds of buffalo as well as other wildlife. We saw a bald eagle. We did. In the two and a half days we were there, we saw the paint pots, Old Faithful, and the other geysers in that area, Norris Geyser Basin, Mammoth Hot Springs, Lamar Valley, the Tower Roosevelt area, Ferry Falls, Grand Prismatic Spring, and the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. We did a lot. I'm tired just from you reading that sentence. Seriously. We did not stop. We packed it in, in Yellowstone. And that's the thing. It's like everything... So Yellowstone basically is the size of Rhode Island. Uh, It's bigger than Rhode Island, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yellowstone is bigger than Rhode Island. And so it's a lot of driving, but it's very doable driving and it's accessible. And I don't really ever feel in that time that we were in the park, other than leaving, that it was really chaotic. Maybe that and hiking to Fairy Falls. That's where it felt like the most chaos and most people. And I say chaos by uh, what I mean is so many people jam-packed. Like Otherwise, I felt like we were very spaced out. I felt that way a lot at Old Faithful, seeing Old Faithful. Mm -hmm. There were a ton of people waiting around there. And then but not to, as much when we were first watching it erupt. No, I mean the second, second eruption. Time, yeah. Second eruption. And then Which when a bonus. We, <laughs> bonus eruption. Yeah. And then when we went to the visitor center yeah. after that, there yeah. were thousands of yeah. people. Yeah. I think that's hyperbole, but sure. <laughs> it felt like that. Mm-hmm. Yellowstone is a great park for accessibility as the majority of the hiking areas are wheelchair accessible because of boardwalks. They have made it very easy for almost everybody to see almost everything in Yellowstone. A don't miss if you're traveling to Yellowstone is certainly the Old Faithful Geyser and also Grand Prismatic Spring, but more importantly, the Upper Geyser Basin, which is all of the other geysers in the Old Faithful section. We highly recommend doing what we did, which is show up to see Old Faithful, wait for it to erupt, then go out on the boardwalks and see all of the other geysers. They are so cool, and it'll take about 90 minutes, and so that by the time you're getting back, Old Faithful will be erupting again. I mean, that's if you are gay and walk fast like we right. do. <laughs> so right. um, just remember, we also speed. are tall and have long legs. Our that's gams true. for days over yep. here. Yep. And if we had coffee that morning, forget it. It's like a triple threat. <laughs> gay, exactly. long legs, coffee. <laughs> There's could, no stopping I us. I could walk from here to the moon in two minutes. That's right. And then run full speed to the visitor center nearby because it'll be packed afterwards. Speaking of this visitor center, there's a great museum exhibit here that's great for kids that goes into the history of Yellowstone and the wildlife there. Another don't miss at Yellowstone is the Norris Geyser Basin. Absolutely don't miss this. Yeah. I think that was my favorite yeah. area. Yeah, Back Basin and Porcelain Basin. Oh. 
that was just yeah. the coolest thing. We were also there in the early, and also, hi folks, again, hike early, hike often. The we earlier, were in at the better. 6 a.m. every the morning. The earlier, the better, because the... 7 a.m. was too late in Yellowstone. Yeah. We one time... We did that once. We did that once. We got in at 7 a.m. and it was just like traffic, traffic, yeah. traffic. Yeah. But also, the atmosphere at the early morning hour with especially because even in July when we were there, it was very cold in the morning still. Yeah. So it took a while for the heat of the day to come up and it did, but with the steam from the geysers coming up into the cold air, it just was magical. It's something that can't be really replicated. I feel like the later in the day, I sure agree. it's just as beautiful, but it's really cool to get there in that early morning. Sort and of you light. also sort of see so much more of like the steam. Yeah. Like with that light. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say Mammoth Hot Springs is a great thing to see and not miss just because it's so weird and so different. And like you get all that drippiness of all that like runoff of yeah. all that hot water. It's very easy to access it and you some you can go out and like walk those the boardwalks of that. You can also see it from the road. Sure. More stairs, but there are some boardwalks that are accessible that don't involve stairs if you're going to do that. And if you have a little extra time and this is a big recommendation, go walk the rim trail of Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. We only got to do the north rim. Right. Oh, I thought we did the south rim. Gosh, we are. I think drunk, we did the south tired. rim. We did the south <laughs> rim. We didn't. Oh, uh, we did the rim. south rim. We did. Yeah, yeah. Because the north rim was harder. The north rim is a harder trail. That's but, where Canyon Bridge is, and we yes. would have gone around that or over that. Yeah. Um, we saw it from below. So yeah, we did the south rim and the Wapati Lake Trail. It's amazing. It's oh, yeah. you'll never see a canyon. This like puts the Grand Canyon to shame. There, I said it. You said it. <laughs> I did. You said it. I did. It's it's really. I think incredible. I would agree. Yeah. I think that. I mean, the Grand Canyon is certainly beautiful. It's grand and amazing. Yeah. Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone is so fascinating. Yeah. Like all the colors, all of the like. It's just a an incredibly beautiful canyon mm-hmm. that I am so glad we we didn't miss. Me too. And finally, let's head over to Grand Tetons National Park. First up, Grand Tetons is not far from Yellowstone, and they are often visited together, although not for a million people, apparently. We did this, and we recommend this. (laughs) Right. Let's start with visitor centers. The main visitor center is the Jenny Lake Visitor Center, complete with a fantastically curated interpretive exhibit on the indigenous geological history of the area. When we were there, they had commissioned a local artist to make some designs that were featured on some of the items in the gift shop, and I was certainly a fan of this. As you often are. (laughs) Yeah. And I have to say, this visitor center is... Probably one of the poshest visitor it centers very we've posh. been to. I had wished that they had the video playing in the theater because I just wanted to see what the yeah. theater looked like. Yeah, but um, really, really interesting visitor center there. There are some other spots in the park on the north end that we didn't get to visit, like the Jackson Lake Lodge, the Coulter Bay Visitor Center, and the Signal Mountain Lodge. However, in the southern end of the park, there is the Lawrence S. Rockefeller Preserve, and the Craig Thomas Discovery and Visitor Center. What was the word that Becky kept using to describe this? Oh, I believe it was a sensory experience. She did say a sensory experience. That was it. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Okay. So she said, definitely go to this place. Mm-hmm. And so we went and it was unlike anything I'd seen in a national park mm-hmm. before. And I liked that it was there yeah. because it was like not, 
you know, what we're typically used to is like when it comes to museums, it's like, you know, a visual aid. Yeah. Reading some words on the wall. Yeah. Maybe there's a video. Maybe there maybe there's audio. Maybe I'm picking up like a headphones and listening to mm-hmm. something. They're, you know, trying to create ways for you to engage with information, yeah. essentially. But this was not really engaging with information. No, it was very much so a sensory experience. There was like some sound bathing that was happening yeah. with birding. And I was here for that. And there was also like life there. <laughs> there was also like multiple screens where it had different yes. like seasons, seasons that were happening, but also different animals. shots of animals. And they were moving from screen to yeah. screen. And it was very much like, how do I it was like interacting with the landscape. Yeah and not information about the landscape. And I thought that it was well done. It yeah. wasn't like a ton of touch points in that. Oh, no. That was, was a very a few. big space with not a lot in it. If... And it didn't bother me no. that that was the case. Because I do feel like so often, because space is limited and because budgets are limited, that we don't get to you know sort of really invest in an artistic exploration of one thing. Or even like an informational mm-hmm. exploration of one yeah. thing. We have to cram everything into one building. Yeah. And so this was very different than that. I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was cool. And architecturally, cool. inside and out, it's beautiful and landscaped very well. And there are trails here that you can hike as well. We were dead tired at this point. So we opted not to do them. We said no. We yeah. just walked through the museum, this sensory experience yeah. in this museum. Mm-hmm. Can you name my favorite building in Grand Teton? It's the Chapel of the Transfiguration. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even a question. Mm -hmm. Okay, but for real though, go listen to our trail mix on the Jackson Hole Plan. The Chapel of the Transfiguration. (laughs) (laughs) Because it definitely talks about how Grand Tetons came to be. I feel like there's some connection here. Because there's a few highly Christian named buildings Mm. in Grand Tetons. And... I find it to be a little off-putting, frankly, because I'm like, why do we have this here? It just feels so colonizing. Not that the whole thing isn't colonizing. I'm like, yeah, let's but go. obviously, I'll, I'll let you get there. But this is like a little bit overkill to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, separation of church and state much? Like, that doesn't what, exist anymore, or never. Did. What is you know? But it's not, there was also like something like a chapel of a sacred heart or something that was Mm -hmm. somewhere else. And I just was like, why? Anyway, I'm sure that somebody will come for me in the comments and um, come for me. I don't care. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. Raised Catholic, the both of us. So, you know, we can do what we want at this point as far as talking shit. Let's talk about some of the natural features that attract visitors to the Tetons. And to start with, let's talk about the Tetons themselves. While... The park is big. It's compact. Right. More compact than Yellowstone. We're driving through a giant flat field. And then we look over to the right. And there are these giant mountains. And they're tight, all close together. Mm -hmm. And there they are. Yeah. And so much of the sort of... fold mountains. What's that? They're fold mountains. No, No. they're not fold mountains. They're block... Close. They're fault block mountains. (laughs) Fault block. Do go listen to our Science of the Tetons Mm -hmm. trail mix on what Mike is talking about right Mm -hmm. now. A lot of the park access and a lot of the infrastructure of the National Park is on one side of the Tetons. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like you're next to them. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you have to go up 
onto one of these mountains in order to get to a visitor center. A lot of people come to the Tetons just to see them versus to hike in sight of them. Yeah, because the hiking is very intense. Intense. Yeah. So I want to talk about, I would like to address something. Mm. And that is that I feel like social media tells us that the only thing to do at Grand Teton National Park is Jenny Lake and Inspiration Point. Okay, well, that's the fault of the person planning that trip. <laughs> right, but but I feel like that's what is advertised. Mm. Like everybody on social media, I say this in our other episodes too, are like, oh my God, Inspiration Point is the, my favorite thing. And I don't besmirch anybody who had a lovely time hiking that trail. Great, I'm so glad you did, right? But I'm like, there's an entire park of yeah. trails here. And I feel like these are the only two things getting any press. yeah. And so I do have to say, there are many, many things to do in Grand Teton National Park. And we highly encourage you to look at all of the different sections and do all of the different things that are available to you. Something that I do want to mention is that there is a really great ferry that will take you from one side of Jenny Lake to the other that will allow you to see the lake, see the Tetons from the lake and get to a base of inspiration point. Even if you're not hiking Inspiration Point, I think it's worth taking this ferry over mm. to this side. That was where we saw a family of bears, right. multiple of them, mm-hmm. black bears and grizzlies. Where my soul left my body. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, for people who are looking for accessible trails, many of the lakes have rim trails, including Jenny Lake. There's a lot of it that can be done right right there at the boat dock on the other side of the lake. And there are lots of ways to... Um, get onto trails to see the Tetons from different angles. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the goal here, is to see the Tetons from different angles. They've made it quite easy for almost everybody to do that. Yeah, even if you can't get on trails, you do have pretty spectacular views while along the roadway. Don't Miss for this park would be doing literally any trail other than Inspiration Point that will get you close to the Tetons, even the Jenny Lake Loop. So we did Paintbrush Canyon. Mm -hmm. We did one side of it. Yep. We could have come down um, Cascade, but we decided to not do that because it would have been a 20-mile loop. That's right. Yeah. And uh, however, the 19-year-old hiker in front of us, she did it. She did. She couldn't believe she did it. No. Good for you, girl. (laughs) Um, And we also did the Amphitheater Lake Trail. That's right. Yeah. Which was an epic 18 switchbacks all the way up to Amphitheater Lake. Yeah. Hot and sweaty and just kept screaming why <laughs> right. nancy kerriganing our way to the top all the way to the top yeah mm-hmm. which leads us to if you have a little extra time do yourself a favor and go up all of those 18 switchbacks to amphitheater lake or take it to delta lake even though we didn't go to delta lake so we have no idea what it looks like mm-hmm. but apparently people love it yeah if you're feeling frisky that's you know. right mm-hmm. so let's end the summit with a game All right, so since it's the summit, Mm -hmm. I wrote two games. Great. Are you ready? Born. Okay, great. These parks were very, very busy this summer. Mm -hmm. Busier than they have, some of them have ever been. It's true. This summer of 2021 when we were there. Mm -hmm. So our first game is called Busy, and it's inspired by the career of Busy Phillips. Beautiful. (laughs) So you just have to... um, 
answer some questions about the career of Busy Phillips. Great. Are you ready? I do. And I have a game similar to this that okay. I've written later. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Not okay. about Busy Phillips, but using um, a word to spur the action of the game. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Our first question. After Chelsea lately left the airwaves, Busy Phillips swooped in with her late night talk show, Busy Tonight, which unfortunately only had one season but was produced by this actress creator who has been the recipient of the Mark Twain Prize for Comedy. Who is Tina Fey? That is correct. Or the next one. Speaking of Tina Fey as a producer, Busy played Sheba Goodman on this Tina Fey, Robert Carlock show about a young woman experiencing the world again after being trapped underground for over 10 years. What is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? That's right. We're very, very familiar with that show. Mm -hmm. The next one. Busy also currently appears on another Tina Fey-produced series created by Meredith Scardino about a former girl band that reunites to make a comeback. What is Girls 5 Ever? It's true. You'd think that like Peacock was like uh, sponsoring our show, mm-hmm. and they're not. And they are. And <laughs> 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 by Peacock, I mean the Peacock, peacock that lives downstairs. Right, exactly. Okay. I know you don't want to wait for this category to be over, especially since this clue is about one of Busy's first projects, a teen series where James Vanderbeek and Joshua Jackson jolted so many of our generation onto the grid of carnal understanding. (laughs) What is um, Dawson's Creek? Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. And finally... Busy also appeared in the now iconic one season dramedy about high school burnouts that gave us Judd Apatow, James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason Segel, and Linda Cardellini. What is Freaks and Geeks? Correct. A sweep. <laughs> A sweep. You did it. Okay, are you ready for our next game? Yeah. Our next game is called Before, Sometimes During, and After. Mm, I almost did something like this. Season four. Got it. Okay. So each answer will have one, sometimes two places that we may have seen in season four. Great. Are you ready for the first one? I am. It is a before and after. Just before and after, not during. Sometimes during. This is before, sometimes during and after. But this first one is is just before and after. A famous water feature in Grand Tetons National Park and a famous water feature in Glacier National Park. What is Jenny Lake McDonald's? Correct. <laughs> Jenny Lake McDonald's sounds like a cousin from down south. I'm Jenny, Jenny Lake, Lake McDonald's. McDonald's. You get in here. I was named Lake after um, the Lake actress. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. This is a before and after. Mm-hmm. These 13-foot-tall ancient elephants with enormous tusks and... The junction at the northwest area of Yellowstone National Park that also features the Travertine Terraces. What is Woolly Mammoth Springs? Yes, Woolly Mammoth Hot Springs. Woolly Mammoth Hot Springs. Yeah. Okay, great. The next one. This is before and after. Mm -hmm. The great work begins, says Pryor in Angels in America, standing in front of this iconic Central Park water feature. And... This spot near Grand Prismatic Spring in Yellowstone that is also called a basin of boiling mud. What is the Bethesda Fountain paint pots? That is correct. Good job. This is a before, during, and after. Great. 
this geologic feature that still appears rooted in the ground found in the Roosevelt Lodge area of Yellowstone National Park with the place where Rafiki lives that also serves as the centerpiece for Disney World's Animal Kingdom and a person who might help you get through a tough time though is not a certified therapist. What is the Petrified Tree of Life Coach? Correct. You are nailing this. Mm-hmm. I'm on fire today. Mm-hmm. Somebody's working hard for Gold Star. <laughs> the Gold Star's mine already. Okay, great. <laughs> the next one, before, during, and after. Mm-hmm. The town near Grand Teton National Park, the act of hitting the golf ball into the cup in a single shot, and the band that gave us Harry Styles. What is Jackson Hole in One Direction? Correct. Mm-hmm. 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 And finally... This is before, during, during, and after. Great. Four. The actress who played Cinderella in the Into the Woods film, the rapper who has won 14 Grammy Awards, the area of Yellowstone National Park visited most often to spot bison, and this Nevada State Park. Who, what is Anna Kendrick Lamar Valley of the Gods? Oh, you're so close. What is Anna Kendrick Lamar Valley of Fire? Valley of Fire. Ugh. I know. Bum, bum, I think it's still gold star worthy. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now we're hard on ourselves. <laughs> Have you met me? This has been our season four summit by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often. And that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. And that's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge while recording this episode that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey. Thank you.